Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Hour number two, Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. That is Frank Stanfall. I am Greg Sussman. We are joined today... For hour number two of our first base breakdown show with the closer, Chris Fenger. What's up, Chris? What's going on, guys? What's up? What's up? It's a boy. I'm back on the BFFs. We're going to get it done. Baseball. I'm excited. I know. You've been wanting to talk baseball Love for a while, ball. man. Love fucking baseball. A little bit of Josh Bell over here. Josh we'll get Bell. Into, Don't worry. We'll get to it. We'll get into Josh Bell in a little bit. I wanted to just ask over some of the stuff we've been uh, we've hit on in hour one. Mm-hmm. I want to get your quick takes on those. First, Freddie Freeman or Paul Goldschmidt for you? Uh, for me, it's close, but I got Goldschmidt okay. ahead of him. He's number one for me. I have Freddie, too. Okay. Uh, I do like Freddie's, uh, I guess, safety right now more than Goldschmidt, but Goldschmidt has been doing it for years. He had a down year. I don't think, you know, he's due to decline at this age okay. right now. Just worry a little bit about the move to St. Louis. Does it like, does he need a transition there? You know, he's only ever played at Chase Field mm-hmm. uh, in Arizona. Last year, the humidor, maybe it affected him early on in the season because he struggled. Mm-hmm. As much as he did, but I worry a little bit about the the move. I've always been a Freddie Freeman guy. I think they're very close. Yeah, they're close. I have Freddie Freeman one spot higher. I mean, Freddie Freeman's going to get it done. Uh, the thing I like about Goldie is that, listen, he's going to hit in the heart of the lineup, so I don't think he's going to lose too much. Uh, I know, obviously— Pretty good lineup there in St. Louis. Yeah, pretty good lineup. Uh, I know he, he's going to be put to hit more homers in you know Arizona, because that's the ballpark it is, but I still think he's going to hit— He's 35. You know what I mean? I think he's going to walk a ton just like Freddie Freeman will. Uh, you can't go wrong either way, I think. You know what I'm saying? Whether you're putting these guys one, two, back-to-back or not, these are the top two guys. All yeah, right. Greg, sure. which side of the argument were you on for these guys? I think I feel on the Freddie Freeman side. I, it's very close. I'm not on an island? No. For once? I'm on the Freddie <laughs> Freeman side of it. Yeah. Um, all right, Chris. Are you in or out of Cody Bellinger this year? I'm in. You're in? I'm in. I actually have him ahead. I actually have him third. Had yeah, a Rizzo. Yeah, Rizzo. Okay. And you know, I obviously love Rizzo. Sure. Um, it's just the upside. He's 23 years old, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's not even really hit his prime yet. Yeah, he hasn't yeah. hit his stride. Totally. And I think this down is a great time to buy into, buy into his value. Because I think he's obviously going to bounce back. And I think he's going to have a great career as well. I think he's going to be one of the top first basemen for years to come. Whereas Rizzo's already 29. You know what you're getting from Rizzo. He hit his ceiling. I don't think there's much more room for him to grow. So I like the fact that I could get more out of Bellinger. And realistically, I think he gives you a nice floor too, Bellinger. I think he gives you a decent floor if he could play a full, you know, full season. I think last year was kind of his floor. I think we saw it, right? Oh, so. I guess so. You know, like 25 home runs, 260, still gave you like 14 stolen bases. The counting stats weren't necessarily what we wanted them to be. Mm-hmm. Because I think, you know, him hitting in the middle of the Dodgers lineup, we want those counting stats for Bellinger to be you know, at least 80, 85 runs and, you know, 90 plus RBIs. You wasn't know, necessarily there last year. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to like a lot about Bellinger, and this is why I put him in that category with those top guys, is he walked in 
He did play a full season, but he walked 70 times. I think he's, that's going to also grow as people fear him more and he hits more homers and he becomes a staple in the lineup and everything like that. I think those walks will get higher. The plate discipline's there. Um, he steals some bags as well, 15 bags maybe. Uh, and I think the average will also slowly creep up as, you know, as he gets older. He's only 23 years old. I think power's gonna, a lot more power is about to come too. He had 39 homers uh, in 132 games his rookie year. So the ceiling's really high, you know, and you got to like that. Yeah, and look, this is, this, is the, uh, this is the difference, right? Last year, I, you know, Venture was downstairs telling me, Javier Baez, he's got the upside. He can hit 30 home runs and steal 30 bases. And I was like, you're <laughs> crazy. Like, you are, abs- you are absolutely crazy. And this is the difference because, you know, Venture's still buying in on the potential of, like, these young guys mm-hmm. and not necessarily just, like, looking at, you know, the fact that, like, statistical evidence sometimes you got to look at things outside of the statistical evidence mm-hmm. where it, you know if that's what you trust in Bellinger if you trust his his prospect pedigree and the fact that he's only you know 23 years old turning 24 in July this year if you buy into that that upside then there you go that's the difference like he I, again it wouldn't surprise me it wouldn't surprise me if he hit 260 to 70 with 40 bombs yeah, and 15 steals that wouldn't surprise me 35, 40 homers, yeah. All right, last question. Matt Olson, Reese Hoskins, what do you think? So here's the weird thing. I didn't put Reese Hoskins in my first pick rankings because I play on ESPN, and he's not eligible for first base yet. Okay. Not yet, which is interesting. but he will be. He will like, be. But he will be, obviously. Five, ten games is the But wouldn't season. I rather draft him as an outfielder? Yes, you would. I'd rather draft him there? You'd have five um, outfielders, of course. But I, I do like Hoskins. Uh, like, like you were saying, uh, I think he'll bounce back. He's a young player as well. He's only, uh, I think, 26 or something like that, 25. Uh... I like him a little more than Olsen. Olsen, I have seventh. I have Rizzo, four, Carpent, Matt Carpenter, five, Joey Votto, six, then Matt Olsen, seven. And that's without Reese Hoskins. So where do you have Abreu on that list? Abreu right behind Olsen, eight. All right. So he's very I mean, excited uh, about Matt I'm Olsen. sorry, Abreu, Aguilar right behind Olsen. I have Abreu lower. I have Abreu at 11. We're going to get Abreu in, in just one sec. Before we hit the break, we were hitting on Jesus Aguilar, Frank, and, you were, and we were talking about how Aguilar really sp- a tale of two seasons there, but he has the power like a Matt Olson. He has a power um, like a Reese Hoskins where he could just go off. And I think that's why I kind of grouped them all together here. Mm-hmm. Do you think Aguilar could do it again? Or is there a chance that, like, hey, maybe he loses his spot to Eric Thames, right? Like, just Eric Thames did it last year. Like, is yeah. that so out of the question? I, I don't know. I mean, he realistically can. But it's been not just last year. What I really am looking at, too, is in 2017 – when he did get the chance to play, he didn't play a full season because they didn't really know about him yet, and he, he didn't really take over till Thames got hurt. Uh, he also hit for major power pretty consistently in 2017. Definitely. In, in the short span that he played. Uh, not a short span. He played 133 games, but you know he had, didn't even have 300 bats. So I think it, the power is real. I think all that is real. Uh, he falls behind these other top-tier guys for me is, is for a few things. Now, I play in points league, so it's a little different, but like he doesn't walk a ton he did, he, make, walks. he did make improvements. Though. He made improvements. He went from 8 to 10%. Mm-hmm. He's growing. 2017 to 2018. Definitely. And the doubles are kind of low for a power hitter that you want to see. You know, he had 25 doubles last year. That's not enough for, to be in that top 10. You're a big doubles guy. Doubles and walks, I think, are two of the most important things. I've been doing this for 15 years, I'd say. And the two things I noticed the most is that guys will 
you know, home runs will differ. Look at Matt Carpenter. One year he had eight, one year he had 15, one year he had 39. Like, they're all over the board. Homers, sometimes it's a it's luck factor, you know? Maybe he didn't hit a lot of fly balls that year. He had an unlucky year, whatever the case may be. But usually doubles and walks stay consistent throughout a player's career. Those things don't really change much. If they hit a lot of doubles, they hit a lot of doubles. If they walk a lot, they walk a lot. And those are two key factors in, one, knowing their plate discipline, which is very important for a hitter to stay in the league and be a good hitter. And two, if you hit a lot of doubles, a lot of times that translates to homers in the future. Uh, you know, a guy that hits 45 doubles and 15 homers, you can almost project he's going to hit 25 homers in the future. Um, and the other thing I see consistently is that it's hard to judge the young guys. The guys you know that you know what they're going to do. They've been playing for a while. You pretty much know what you got, right? The younger guys, I like, I like to see little things that stand out like those things, like walks and doubles. And it's easy to project by the third year, usually, that's when they start breaking out. So I'm looking for guys like that who've played a couple of years already. Like an Aguilar played almost two years. Maybe he's due for his breakout. He is 28 years old. He's a little older than a normal breakout player. But I think you're seeing signs of it in the growth in his years. And that's what I look at. I look at the growth like that. And these things usually stay consistent the majority of the time. There are outliers, of course. But I like to find things consistent, especially in baseball. I don't just look at last year's stats. I look at you know, what has this guy done in his career? What has he done in the minors? And I try to come up with, you know, a possible breakout year for these young players. Which makes sense because, and that's why he would like a guy like Cody Bellinger, right? Mm-hmm. Like third year breakout. This is his third year. And mm-hmm. he's still, you know, he's only going to be 23 turning 24 this year. So right. uh, I can see what you're saying there with the, with the third year breakout, Greg. Aguilar, you know, the more I look into Aguilar, I, I think I'm kind of talking myself into him a little bit here. I realize the second half, I mean, look, it was his first full season as a full-time player. Is it outside the realm of possibility that he just kind of got tired? He wore down a little bit as the season went on? I mean, he was awesome in that first half. I mentioned 298, 995 OPS in the first half of the season. He was one of only nine players last year with 35 home runs and 100 RBIs. That used to be like the mark of the slugger. That's what we're looking for. Yeah. 35 homers, 100 RBIs. Only nine players did that last year. Jesus Aguilar was one of them. Um, the plate discipline we mentioned, he got better. He he walked 2% more from 2017 to 2018. His average he went cut up. cut the strikeout rate down by 5%. And we all love the Brewers lineup, right? So why yep. don't we love Jesus Aguilar? I just think it's the... I think, I think we're kind of just being ageist here with him. Because yeah. he's 28? And people remember what they saw last most, which was like the second half where he kind of took a step back. Mm-hmm. It, could go, it could go two ways. Now, did he get tired? Did he kind of wear down because it was his first full season? Or did pitchers kind of figure him out a little bit in the second half? I lean toward that. That would <laughs> mean pitchers, that, pitchers that means you're, you're more out on Jesus Aguilar. I am more out on Jesus Aguilar. But he, he's always been a guy that, you know, we looked at the batted ball data and we were like, if they just gave him a chance to play every day, he could be awesome because he's been over 40% hard hit rate. So he's mashing the ball, and he's hitting fly balls. Those two things combined, especially in a ballpark like Miller Park, it's going to lead to great things. He should do – here's the thing. I wouldn't reach on him. I, I would try to grab him at a value, I can Fair enough. So here, you know? here's the, the NFBC ADP venture. You're getting Aguilar a pick 80 about. Okay. Right around his range is Matt Carpenter's going eight picks higher. Jose Abreu's going seven picks later. Matt Olson's actually going 30 picks later. Really? And See, I like Aguilar. Olsen's value much better then. And I was just talking about this to you during the break, Greg. NFBC ADP, it's not the end-all, be-all. We kind of like use it as a guide here to let us know where first basemen are going, where all players are going, actually. But Jesus Aguilar is going 30 picks higher on average than Matt Olson. But in the two expert drafts that we see gone on last week, the labor draft, and right now is going on the tout war draft and hold, 
Matt Olson has gone higher than Jesus Aguilar in both of those drafts. Has he? Is so it, that tells you the experts are more in on Matt Olson than they are on a guy like Jesus Aguilar. Were those both redraft the leagues? Experts. Yes, they're both redrafts. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's just basically them saying, I think the ceiling's much higher for this guy. He's 24 years old. Right? Really, what, what's, the, what's the difference? If you're projecting Jesus Aguilar and Matt Olson, Greg, what's the difference? There's not big differences. Because between if them. you look at the projection system um, on Fangraphs for, for the batting average for Aguilar, it ranges from 242 to 254. Why is that his batting average when last year he hit 274 and the year before that he hit 265? Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, why are we projecting his batting, laving, his batting average to be so low? The, the second half, yeah. I think they, they take that more into account, obviously. Yeah, but what, does the first half just not matter? I mean, I'm kind of asking, like, devil's You're advocate playing both sides of the coin, yeah. obviously. Which is, which is well, fair. Also, most, to be fair, most projections, usually people are very conservative, right? Yeah. Like, especially on these expert, totally, you know, sites. Definitely. Let me get away. I didn't really answer your question. I know that. Um, I, I, think I don't that, think the difference between Olsen and Aguilar is really that different. It's not. I agree with you. But in the NFBC ADP, if I'm getting Olsen 30 picks later. I'd rather have Olsen. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Exactly. No yeah, doubt. The value. All right. Let me move on from these, like, power hitting type players. That you also that you have in this tier, Frank. So more of the we of like, as there's a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. And when I think of those guys, I specifically think of Joey Votto, and I specifically think of Jose Ray, where you can, for years, for these two guys, mm-hmm. you're able to just kind of count on one hand like exactly what you would expect out of them. The problem was last year, Jose um, Jose Abreu. Well, he gave you less home runs and, and less runs scored, and, and less. less he only played 128 yeah. games, so it was as low. But the average was less than ever. The OBP was less than ever. Do you guys ever. know why he only played 128 games, by the way? I saw your note, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, uh, he had testicular torsion surgery. Jeez. It's very bad. I'm not going to go into the details. You, <laughs> I've tweeted out the link before. It's should, on my Patreon should page. Should I ask Dr. About a about it? that tomorrow? I think it's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah, hey, Doc, is, is, is Jose Gabriel over his testicular torsion? Yeah, we're going to do that tomorrow. <laughs> For anybody listening and watching out there right now, I think you can empathize with Jose Abreu. Yeah. He missed about a month of the season because of that, and then he was shut down because of a thigh injury when he came back in September. But well, Yeah, that's painful. Go. I mean, yeah. poor Jose Abreu, man. <laughs> let, like, you kind of got to give the guy a break for last year, no? Yeah. Well, well, let me ask you this, though. What was his highest value in his career? So is, Jose Abreu? So Jose Abreu, I feel like last year he was being drafted as his high, at his highest. As highest? I think so, he was coming off a career his best, year. His best season. 304, well, 33 homers. Well, honestly. I think I, he was going like the third, fourth round last year. The same right? thing happened after his first season, too, where he had 36 homers and 107 rivies. Right. So he was always the same guy, right? He always had about 30 home runs. He always played every game, and he always batted around 300. Got so a good he, batting average. So he was my the same difference, guy. Like, so between my, him and Rizzo, I don't think it's that different. Well, my, the walk rates the are walks, The walks. So if you play in points league, I understand that. In well, Roto, I don't, I don't really think they're that much different. Well, my point was that pretty much across the board, I know he played less games. Everything was down. And you could say the same thing about Joey Votto, where last year across the board, everything wasn't just down. I mean, it was down significantly for Joey Votto. Yeah. Um, by far, he, the worst season since his injury played 2014 season. It was horrific for right. Joey Votto. The big question is, can one or both of these guys bounce back this year. With Jose Abreu, I, I mentioned him first, so I'll start there. He had trade rumors around, around him all season last year, mm-hmm. waiting for him to be traded. It never happened. Do, do those trade rumors go away this year? I don't know. But Frank, you keep trying to look into personal stories, the, the testicular evulsions, whatever it's called. <laughs> torsion. Torsion. Testicular torsion. Your testicular torsion, that, that was obviously an issue. <laughs> maybe, these trade rumors, guy, maybe these trade rumors weren't exactly helpful 
Hey there. He's got some help on the way, though. You're, the lineup. you're all over him. You're all over Jose Abreu this year. Do you, is it because you expect him to bounce back a little bit, or you're just really in love with the price? Yeah, I really do like the price. I think that's what it's come down to. It's a combination of both because I do think he's going to bounce back as well. You're getting Jose Abreu right now, pick 86. He's going after Aguilar. You know, as much as you know, we just spoke about Aguilar, Jose Abreu is a guy that we've seen do it for four or five years already. So I, I really do trust the safety there. I think he's safe for 280-plus batting average, 28 to 30 home runs, 80-plus runs, 90-plus RBI. I do think the White Sox lineup... It's not going to be great, but right. it's going to be better than years past once Eloy Jimenez gets there. Like, you know, Eloy Jimenez, also a native of Cuba. I think these guys are actually going to kind of like, I think they're going to hit it off together well. I mean, remember, Jose Abreu is also from Cuba. I, 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 I think that's going to help. I think that's going to help the White Sox lineup. Uh, he's typically a very slow starter. Uh, I, I've used this in my analysis in the past of Jose Abreu. He's from Cuba. And what I've said about like Latin American players is... I think that the cold weather might affect some of these guys. So Jose Abreu, in March and April, playing in, you know, 50, 60-degree weather yeah. in Chicago, I think that affects him. So he's a slow starter. Always, but always. He's safe, man. And I like the price tag you're getting him at right now. Joey Votto is also safe until last is year. He? We go to Chris Venture. We find out what happens if he can bounce back when we come back. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-215-1727. 800-215-1727. That's 800-215-1727. Rain dance! Make it rain. As far as Antonio Brown goes, congratulations, dude. I'm sure it was so terrible making $17 million a year right. that you are leaving the best. Nobody extends plays in the NFL like Ben Roethlisberger. Nobody's got the arm. The reason, my friend, you've been as good as you have been is because Ben Roethlisberger has that unique ability, extend plays, and allows you to get down the field and get wide open. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Join the experts live on the air every day by calling in at 844-843-6879 to join the Fantasy Sports Network. We're back here, Fantasy Best Friends Forever, on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Give you a little bit on Jose Abreu, bouncing back here. 
getting good value at him. Joey Votto, you're not. Joey Votto is in the NFBC going off pick 68 as the fifth first baseman off the board mm-hmm. before Matt Carpenter, after Cody Bellinger. This is despite him having essentially the worst season of his career. It's just 12 home runs, under 70 runs, scored under 70 ribbies, struck out more than he has in three years, walked a ton. Uh, Less than he had the year before. Walked, you know, kind of. I mean, he always still walked a ton. It's around his career. It's it's around his career average, of course. Mm -hmm. Listen, it was a horrible year. Now, again, his OBP was still over 400. (laughs) Um, But for all intents and purposes, it was a bad year. Venture, does that continue this year? Does the power go back up? Or at 30, what, five years old? 35, yeah. Have we seen the this end? Is of kind it? of the time when you guys start that, to worry. Have we seen the end of the best of Joey Votto? See that? Yeah, that's why this is probably one of the hardest guys to judge. Okay, um, thirty-five years old. So you would think he might. Maybe he's just declining in power, right? He's still walking. He's still got a great eye. Still got great plate discipline. Hit two eighty-four. The average is still there. So he's still got the bat. I think you could find value in the guy. I just don't know if you're going to find. That value that you used to get. I don't. I think those days of him being the best or a top three first baseman are gone. I think he could still be a top five third base uh, first baseman, uh, but I just think you're not like you said. You're not getting him at great value right now because he's the fifth ranked first baseman off the board. I would take Carpenter over him. That's just me. I'll take Carpenter. I think Carpenter still has you know what he's been doing still left in him. I think Vado's losing the power. Uh, I think that, you know, it's no more. Games. Lineup's better. The lineup's better, right? But I don't think he's going to hit 30-plus anymore. I think he might give you 25. Right. If he gives you 25, then, then, then maybe he produces the sure, value. Sure, of course, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I was just going to ask, what do you think is a fair projection for home runs this year for Joey Votto? Yeah. Greg, if I told you that all four projection systems on Fangraphs had him projected for the same home run amount. Wow. What is it? You already looked at it? No, I just went to Matt Carpenter because I was going to get in. Yeah, yeah. We mentioned Matt Carpenter, so I was going to get in him. So I haven't looked yet. If I told you all four had the home run total at the same amount, what would you say it is? 23. Venture? 25. 22. All right, so we're right there. It's low, yeah. So if Votto gave you 22 homers, if he gave you 22 homers just, and hit 285. But it wasn't just that, right? Like, I need the runs to go back up. I need the RBIs yeah, to go back up. I need, I need all of that to go they back have, up. They have... The most conservative one here has the runs at 87 and the RBIs at 80 plus. That's fantastic. Is it though? Ish. As a fifth round pick, you want 90. 80, 80 RBIs? You want 90 plus. The OBP. The OBP is so good. Yeah. Jesus Aguilar hit 100. But he to be, he had 100 RBIs last year. Yeah. To be fair, he only had 500 at bats. He usually has like 560. All right. Hey, Frank. Let me, he missed some time last year. Yeah, he played 145 games. Frank. Why did this happen, right? Like, the hard hit percentage for Joey Votto was, high, was the highest of his career. Well, he didn't hit as many fly balls okay. uh, that he did the year before. The line drive rate went up. Like, it was massive. 31% line drive rate. That's great. I mean, it's going to help you for batting average. It's going to give you doubles. Like, but it did help his batting point. average. It, it went down. Overall, yeah. yeah. Um, but, the whole run which, of- which is weird. You know, the batting average going down is weird because he did hit, he hit 284. But the hard hit rate went up. So he got unlucky. 41%. And the his, line drive rate was 31%. What was his bad bit? His bad bit was 333, which sounds good. But, but his, his career, career is 352. <laughs> yeah. Now, but, but, but that's low for him then. He, he corrects what I'm saying. So he's going to correct that. Is that, low, that is low for yeah, him. He's, I think the he's big still number, more of like a 300 batter. The big based number, on that batter ball profile. The big number that you see 
is home run to fly ball ratio, yeah, right? It's all the way down. Nine and a half percent was the home run to fly ball ratio. He plays the Great American Ballpark, so it's like it should bounce back. Like it should go up, right? He hits long drives. Tui Votto's like kind of a crazy dude too. Yeah, because I've psycho. Li- I, I've listened to podcasts where people are talking about, uh, you know, Eno Saris. That was he used to be with Fangraphs. He's now with the Athletic. Um, you know, he he writes great articles, and he also gets to interview some of these players and talks to them about some some of the advanced analytics and stuff. And apparently he interviewed Joey Votto one year and asked him, like, oh, you know, what was going on? Like, you made, you made some adjustments from, like, your first year, uh, your first half to second half. You were completely different. He was like, oh, yeah, you know, you know I, was just, you know, I was just trying something different. He's like, yeah, it was no big deal. <laughs> even, you know, even if it, my production suffered, he's like, oh, yeah, I was just trying something different. Yeah. Like, he doesn't, he changes at bat, uh, his stance every at bat. Yeah, that's something and, that I've heard about. It's like, d- depending on who he faces, yes. he'll, like, change his batting stance based yeah. on who he's facing. Yeah. Motivation has been a question for Joey Votto the past couple of seasons. Now, this is what I wonder about. The fact that this might be one of the better Cincinnati Reds teams that he's played for over the past, let's say, five Five years. years, Does motivation kind of help him bounce back? If he looks at this team and he's like, all right, you know, they traded for all these starting pitchers. Um, You know, they still don't have a legitimate ace, but they, you know, they have better pitching than they have had in years past. They have Yasiel Puig. Scooter Jeanette has played well over the past couple of years. They have a good lineup. Yeah. On paper, the Reds should be an improved team. Is that enough for Joey Votto to look at it and say, all right, I'm going to turn it on again this year? Because yeah. to me, he kind of strikes me as one of those guys where he's like, if I want to turn it on and hit 25 bombs with a 300 batting average, I can. Yeah. I just kind of need the motivation. I think they. Th- I don't know if it's motivation more. Like, listen, he's not going to want to do poorly. You know, he's still playing in the MLB. He still wants to end his career nicely, right? Still wants to have a, a nice, solid career. For, for a normal player, I would say that's probably right. That's probably but he's correct. a little wacko. Joey, yeah. Joey Otto's kind of a <laughs> kind of a wacko. But here's the thing. Okay, so what's the first thing to go for a player when they're old? A baseball player, power, right? Yeah. Usually, and play discipline. I would say striking out more. Yeah, because the when you lose the power, you lose that fear that the pitcher has of you, and they'll walk you less, right? Mm-hmm. So, but here's the thing: he still walked at an insane clip. Uh, and still hits for good average. This guy is gonna might lose the power, but it's gonna translate, I think, to doubles. I think he's gonna hit more doubles, less homers, which is almost kind of gonna even things out for him a little bit. The walks will still be there, the average will still be there. Because this guy's not only uh, was a very good power hitter, this guy is a pure hitter, just a great hitter. And I think that stays because great hitters they're still gonna hit for average. I think long, you know, into their career. I think you're just going to lose some of the power. He's not going to hit 35 bombs anymore. He's going to hit 25, 20 to 25, something like that. But maybe he'll give you 35, 40 doubles. He's still a valuable play. The problem is the way you're drafting him, he's way better for value. points leagues. He's way better for points Yeah, he's way he better is. for points leagues. Absolutely. And OBP. Yeah. In the, the Tout Wars draft oh, has been. is OBP mm-hmm. uh, Roto. Uh, they use OBP instead of batting average. And he went at the end of the third round. Yeah. That makes sense because he's going to have an OBP over 400. That's In why regular I regular Roto. Him. Yeah, batting average, I still would project that he's probably closer to 300 this year, but can you 100% bank on him getting back to 25 home runs and giving you the 90-plus in runs and RBIs? I think 12 was really low. 12 was a real outlier. It is. It's definitely an outlier. 20. I don't know that I could bank on him giving you 25 and 90 and 90 again. Uh, The counting stats should be there with that lineup, right? You'd hope so. Greg, he plays a full season. Greg, I've given you my two guys from this tier that I like most. Everything kind of... You know, statistical evidence, what you expect from this yeah. this year, draft price, uh-huh. all of those things included. Who are the two guys that you like most from this tier? So I don't know that That I'm, includes Rizzo, Hoskins, Bellinger, Votto, Abreu, Daniel Murphy, Carpenter, Olsen, Aguilar. So I don't want to answer until I get to Murphy and Carpenter. 
All right. Because I've heard everything about all these guys. Mm-hmm. I think it's only fair to get into Carpenter and Murphy. That's cool. Yeah. So Matt Carpenter last year, by far, had a career high in, in everything. <laughs> 36 home runs. 11, 111 runs scored. 81 RBI, which is not a career high. It was his second highest in his career. Shook out more than ever. The average was 257. The OBP was actually slightly down. You saw a uh, influx of power, clearly. Mm-hmm. He was a man on a mission after batting 155 in April with two home runs. Went up to 297 in May with five home runs before the weather got hot, and so did Matt Carpenter. Before, of course, getting ice cold in September, uh, August and September. September, he batted 170. Um, so... That carpenter a bit streaky besides uh, the extremely, extremely hot summer. Yeah. Here's a big number with Matt Carpenter, and I'm sure Frank's going to point this out. The hard hit percentage, I believe, is the highest in baseball at 49%. <laughs> a 49%. He's been over 40% three years in a His week. launch angle must have been different last year. The home run He's to f- actively been trying to hit more yeah. fly balls. The home run to fly ball ratio, by far a career high of 19%. I'm not, not that crazy number, but his career... His career home run to fly ball ratio, 11.5%, all the way up to 19 last year. Almost doubled it, yeah. The line drive percentage, over 26% last year. 47% of his uh, balls in play were fly balls compared to 26.4 for a ground ball rate. Matt Carpenter's a name that's been around a long time. He talked about Joey Votto being 35. Matt Carpenter's 33 Three. years old. He's not a spring chicken anymore either. Mm-hmm. Did play 156 games last year. Uh, the most he's played since 2015. Matt Carpenter's been a guy who has first base eligibility and third base eligibility. He is somebody that we used to like for the consistency, but we found boring. We found a guy that was like, all right, he's not going to be that 30 home run guy. And all of a sudden he popped for 36 last year. <laughs> yeah. Frank, I'll start with you for this one. What do you make of Matt Carpenter in 2019? So... Based on the batted ball profile we had seen the past couple of years, I'm talking about 2016 and 2017, a lot of people last year were projecting him to kind of like take that next step in terms of home runs because, look, if you're hitting the ball that hard and hitting it in the air that often, he had a yeah. batted ball profile that reminded you of someone that should be hitting 35 home runs. So he finally actually did that and scored 111 runs, and he's going to lead off in the Cardinals lineup again, which is arguably, not even arguably, it's better. It's definitely better. And he scored 111 runs last year. And now Paul Goldschmidt is part of that lineup. I don't know that I would project for him to hit 36 home runs nah. again this year. Like, he's one year older, like maybe 30 to 32, but he's going to walk a lot. Um, I do worry a little bit about the strikeout rate, which was the highest of his career. So um, the batting average isn't, you know, where it used to be, like in the 270 range. He's probably, you know, I think he's going to live in that kind of like 250 That's to 260. Cool. Probably so. But he's going to give you 30 home runs. He's going to score a boatload of runs in that lineup. Yeah. Guaranteed 100 can, runs. Assuming he can stay healthy. Like, that's been a big problem from the past couple of years. You know, dealing with like back and like shoulder issues. It feels like something's over, uh, always flaring up. But he showed you last year that when he stays healthy and, and, you know, he's good enough to swing that bat the way that he can, 156 games, he had 36 home runs. So, assuming, assuming health, I think that he can come. Close to the production that he did last year. Maybe not the same power output. Yeah. I, what he's doing, I think, here is the average went down. I think he said he's sacrificing average a little bit because it's not like he hit for unbelievable average anyway. Yeah. He's sacrificing a little bit for power. Right? That's exactly right. That's what he's doing. So that's okay. And maybe not 36. He can't project 36. I would say, like you said, 25 to 30. But here's the thing that he's done consistently his whole career. Walk a lot and hit a ton of doubles. 
Two things I told you. Everything yeah. else, he hasn't really been in, yep. consistent with it. And the, thing, and the only seasons he really hasn't scored 100 runs or mm-hmm. close to it is when he's been injured. When he's played close to a full season, he's scored 100 runs. And he will score 100 runs this year if he plays a full season. This guy is, if you think about it, besides looking at the home runs, really, he's as consistent as they come. Sure. One of the reasons I was off Matt Carpenter last year was he's battling the shoulders injuries that just seemed to sap him of some of that power and seemed to keep him out of the lineup. You're just like, I don't want to deal with this crap. And they played 156 games and obviously hit 36 home runs. You didn't stay healththy. You can, say that about, Health, uh, you can say that about a lot of players. Yeah. One more first baseman in this tier before we kind of rank, before I'll give you my picks and you, I know yours, and I'll, give, I'll get adventures too. And that is Daniel Murphy, who you'll probably play him at second base because he has the second base eligibility and it's just obviously a harder position, middle infield. But Daniel Murphy goes over to Colorado. And last year, it's a tough year to figure out. He obviously came into the year not healthy at all, so we were all off and we wanted nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm. Played a bunch of games for the Nats, and then went over to the Cubs. It was never really consistent. It was a very weird year. Um, still didn't really strike out. Walked less than he has in a long time. Average. Great. Was actually worse than it has been in a very long time. But still Dan- 299. Dan- yeah, it's still good. It's yeah. still good. Um, OBP that's way only, down. It's only going to go up in the Colorado. Yeah. yeah. Of course. OBP way down uh, to 336. And the power of staff, he played 91 games. Small sample. Do you guys just take this year and throw it out for Daniel Murphy? I wouldn't throw it out. I, I do to to a certain extent. Uh, definitely wasn't healthy early on. Uh, took him longer to come back than people expected. Dealing with that knee injury last year. Uh, he's a little bit older now, but he again, he was an, another one of these guys that bought into the launch angle revolution over the past couple of years with uh, when he left the New York Mets. You kind of saw him start it in that playoff run with the Mets when they made the World Series and then ended up signing over with the Washington Nationals, which was a great bargain deal for them because next thing you know, the guy's hitting over 300 consistently and he's hitting 20-plus home runs and he's driving people in. The batting average is absolutely real. It was, you know, 299 average or better for three straight seasons. His expected batting average during each of those seasons was 305 or better. So normally, Greg, I tell you expected batting average is lower. Uh It's been right there for Daniel Murphy. It's been right around where he's at. And, you know, last year it was actually up. So he's no fluke. A 326 batting average during those three years is second in baseball, only to Jose Altuve. He makes a ton of contact. He doesn't strike out. 88% contact rate during the past three years. Um, last year, again, like the exit velocity and hard hit rate was down. But I think a lot of that had to do with coming back from the yeah. injury. You go over to Colorado, it's been proven. Colorado is absolutely one of these... Uh, one of these ballparks, one of these environments where your BABIP is going to go up, your batting average is going to go up, it's absolutely yeah. been proven. The so gaps are huge. If, we, if we're talking about a guy that's been a 326 hitter, Greg, collectively over the past three seasons while he's been with Washington, the sky is the limit. Yeah, I think so. Colorado, right? Like He can, he can legitimately hit 330. 340. I'm not going to project him that way. I haven't projected for 310, but... Based on what we've seen the past couple of years, if he is 100% healthy this year and the knee injury is kind of behind him, he can, he can hit 330. Daniel, Mur- uh, Daniel Murphy going right after Joey Votto, according to the NFBC. So he would slot in before Matt Carpenter. I like Matt Carpenter more. I, I like, I'm a points league guy, though. I like him more than those guys just because of his second base eligibility. Of and I think the second base position is kind of weak. Like you mentioned, if I draft him, I'm probably not using him at first base. No doubt. But... Based on his second base eligibility, I, I would draft him ahead. Like if I was in the fifth round and I'm looking at Daniel Murphy, Joey Votto, and Carpenter, and I'm making a decision, I'm taking Daniel Murphy. Really? 
It's my, because of second base. My issue is just the, the injury. Sure, of like, course. I'm really worried about that over a Carpenter or a, or a Votto. Of right course, now. and, that, and that, um, I think that's fair. So that's why I have him a little low. But obviously, dude, he's going to hit 300 in Colorado, no matter what, how much time he plays. And if he does play close to a full season, I think this is a year where he's going to hit like 50 doubles. Like, without a doubt, in Colorado. All right, you asked me, Frank, a moment ago, if I had to pick two guys from this tier, who would it be? Your two favorites. And then we'll do our two least favorites. Okay. My two favorites from this tier, and just the way that I, I guess, think about first baseman, would probably be Jose Abreu and Matt Carr and Daniel Murphy. Those are your two favorites. Yeah. Not, not, not who I take first, obviously. Because of the value? Yeah, yeah. Just, it's everything kind it, of encompasses. It's kind of everything what together. You, what you project for this season, the price you have to pay for these guys. I just love the value at Jose Abreu. I think playing the full season, like, he kind of does what he does. I, I really love that. I trust him to do that. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Murphy in Colorado just... Uh, it's so, yeah. <laughs> it's tantalizing, right? That's the word. It's tantalizing. tantalizing. Who are your two favorites in this tier? I like, was Rizzo in that tier? Sure. Yeah, Rizzo and Carpenter. All right, Rizzo and Carpenter. All right. We'll come back. We got 20 minutes to go. We've gotten through 10 first baseman. <laughs> um, we're going to go a little bit faster now. I know, Frank, you have your favorites in Tier 4. I want to get to Tyler White and Luke Voigt. I want you to be able to get into Josh Bell and some other first baseman that you like, and I'll hit on some as well. We dive a little bit deeper into first base when we come back. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Fantasy Sports Today. Uh, funny is probably the wrong word, Mike, but Anthony Davis left with an injury right before the All-Star break. <laughs> like, the yeah. guy is, he's made a glass. And I know he's played a ton of games uh, when even it seems like he's always injured, but he's always leaving games. He's uh, And the talent is there, but eventually you just have to be like, come on, man, stop, stop getting banged up and bruised. Play to your full potential and see what happens. Saturdays, 8 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. The morning after. Bobby Valentine, former manager, they're talking about clamping down on stealing signs. What do you think when you hear these uh, these potential rules? Well, it's, uh, I never would have been able to operate it for uh, the So uh, shame on those guys who got caught to make this be a, um, a major league rule. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. We are back here on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Chris Ventra, Frank Stample, Greg Sussman, hanging out with you in hour number two. 
Oh, he did on the, I believe it was top 10 first baseman, right? 11. 11, all right, top 11. Aguilar's. All right, that makes you feel better. Yeah. <laughs> all right, top 11. Uh, you know, first two base. hours, 11 names, not bad. Pretty, pretty good. We're working hard. I know, I know. We're working hard. <laughs> if you had to pick a 12th first baseman, who would it be? For me, I'll just tell you my number 12 first baseman. It's Joey Gallo. Chris? Uh, it's between... I, I, listen, I really like Josh Bell, so I have him high. You have him at 12? Don't tell me 12. Yeah. And um, Encarnacion I have very high, too. I mean... Encarnacion is fine. That makes sense to me. I know, but listen, it's a... Bell thing's wild. <laughs> well, I'm not going to draft them, obviously, as like the yeah. 12th. I'm going to try to get the value as much as I can. I'm going to draft Absolutely. them differently. This is just where I rank them. I think he's going to be better than all these guys behind him. Maybe not Muncie. Like, like Muncie, I like, too. Uh, he's you up should there. like him for points leagues too. I had him. Yeah. I picked him up in in one of my home leagues last year in the auction league, and it was like all he did was walk in home. Yeah, every at bat. Yeah, like his OPS was over a thousand. Yeah, like he walked a lot far into the season. But he it's like every time I looked at like his stat line, it was like two walks, a home run, and like one for one with a single. It's like yeah. whoa, whoa, this is such a two for two. It was like a weird. It, it was always a weird stat line. All he did was walk in homer last. <laughs> I, I, he, yeah, he didn't really, have, I don't think he had very many doubles either. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing, he, he, he popped up out of nowhere, had this great year. I don't trust that sometimes. There's been a lot of guys that have done this. One guy that comes to mind, Ryan Ludwig, I don't know if you remember him from sure, St. Louis Cardinals, had a monster like 29 homer a year, kind of disappeared, had one more decent year and then disappeared off the map. Um, I don't like those guys that pop up late in their age and have a great year. I usually give it another year to see what's going on yeah. with that guy. So that's why, and Bell is more of a prospect that I've known for a while. I know he's supposed to be a very good player, hits for really good average, walks, does all the things I like, and, and it's his third year coming up. So this is the breakout year. I like the value there. You know what I mean? I like the ceiling and the value there better. better where a Muncie, you saw maybe his cat last year. I, I'm not so sure he's going to do that again or even, you know, do better. Right. I think he might even regress. Well, I got to ask you, we were talking about Jesus Aguilar. He's kind of a guy who's popped up here late as like a breakout. Mm-hmm. Does that, do you kind of hold him in the same regard as you do Max Muncy? Well, Aguilar almost played two full seasons. Yeah. So I saw a lot. And I remember. But yeah, the, the year before he was. The year before he was raking, you know, when he, when he got his opportunity. The Dodgers just always find guys like this, you know? Like they've done it with Justin Turner. Like they find yeah, these yeah. journeyman guys and like they turn them around. They turn them around. They he did could, it with Chris Taylor. Yeah. They did it. Well, Chris Taylor wasn't great last year, but. They did it with Justin Turner. Yeah, Taylor worries me too. Yeah, Taylor's another guy that can't worries me. But you see some good things about him as well, like some green flags that, you know, you, you could see potential that he could bounce back and have a great career. But and Taylor's younger, I believe. This guy, I think he's 28 years old, Muncie, right? I just don't know if I could project him to do the same thing or better right now. I, I have him in my mind as a guy that I would like if I'm, you know, going in, that, in the range that I like where I could possibly get value for him, but I would not absolutely not reach for him, and I would not project him to do anything better than he did last year. I just don't see it. I don't see where it's coming from. It came out of nowhere. You know what I mean? He did walk 16% of the time. I do look like that. You know I like that. He walked 16% of the time, but he also struck out 27% of the time. So, you know, he's kind of one of these, you know, three... Kind of one-dimensional. Kind of one of these three three true outcomes here. Yeah. Where he walks a lot, he strikes out a lot. homers. And he hits a lot of home runs. Uh, Mistake me if I'm wrong here, Greg, Mm -hmm. but wasn't Muncy, like, Kind of being benched during the playoffs too. Like he wasn't playing every day. Nope. 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 He, yeah. He's projected to to actually roster resource has him as a uh, as a platoon candidate as well with the Dodgers here sitting against lefties. I don't know if I necessarily buy that because he was actually pretty. He held his own I against can lefties. See it though. He was two fifty five with eight ninety one OPS against lefties. It's pretty. It's pretty damn good. 
I don't know yeah. why he would be platooned unless, you know, the Dodgers have some kind of data that I don't. Well, that, but based on his average and his OPS, he was pretty good against yeah. lefties. No, he was solid. That, that's the thing that you got to worry about with these one-year sometimes wonders is that they get a short leash. That's if, true, too. If they, if they, you know, are cold for the first three, four weeks, they're platooning or they're benched. And now you're losing valuable time in that slot where you have him. That's why I don't want to draft him. I would draft him as like a utility, as a flex type of thing. You know what I mean? He does I have first and third him. eligibility, so right. you could get him as like your corner infielder. Right, like something like that. I think that's okay. So you don't want him as your starting first or third? No, person. I wouldn't want him as my starter. No. Unless I have no choice. I feel like, now, we, you know. I feel like we need Florio here to defend him. To, to defend no, I like boy. the guy. Listen. Because no, he, he's all over Muncie. He drafted him in the Tout Wars draft. He told me he wants him in, in, you know, we play in two home points leagues together. One is auction. One is snake draft. And, he told me he's going to be all over Muncie. So it's, it's, it's whether or not you trust that he's going right. to play every day and how much of last year was real. And look, he doesn't have to do what he did last year because last year he was otherworldly. He had 35 home runs and 481 plate appearances in 137 mm. games. Yep. So, you know, there's going to be like those people who prorate the stats and be like, oh, well, you know, if he plays 150, he's going to hit 40-plus home runs. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. I'll tell I, you, I have his projection at 250 and 27 homers. I'll tell you right now, Muncie in my points league had was the um, about the twelfth, thirteenth ranked first baseman on his stats, and he averaged three point three fantasy points per game. Uh, and the top first basemen's like Carpenter averaged four, uh, Freddie Freeman averaged three point eight, Goldschmidt three point nine. No, he's better for points leagues. Do you want him in Roto, Greg? Is he a target of yours? I remember I asked you about Muncie uh, yesterday. Very one dimensional like, for Roto. It reminds me a lot of Chris Taylor. It did. That's exactly what Venture said. Hmm. Exactly what Venture said. It's hard to judge him, man. It's, hard. it's, it's, it's the one-year thing. thing. It, it's scary. It's scary. It, it's very scary. Max Muncy. How about this? In my home league last year, I had Joey Votto and Max Muncy. Two, four, six, eight, ten. Joey Votto was the 12th-ranked first baseman. Max Muncy was 13. This was an auction league, and I spent $35 of my budget on Joey Votto. Right. And he was the 12th-ranked yeah. first baseman last year. He's actually in lower. points league, this. where he's supposed to be yeah. really good. I realize he hit 12 home runs, but Joey Votto was the 12th first baseman. I'll always give this He's guy 14. a shout-out. Carlos Santana, year in and year points out leagues, in points course. leagues. Dude, he was the <laughs> fifth best first baseman in points leagues last year. He was. And if you ask like the average fantasy baseball player, what do you think about Carlos Santana? He's like, hate him. Uh, hate him. Hit him. 50, no, but here's the thing. 25 homers. Like, he doesn't really do anything. He walks more than he strikes So out. much, yeah. He, he was sixth. In total points. That's because he also played a... He always plays a full season. Like, he, he compiles. You know yeah. what I mean? He's an accumulator. He's an accumulator. Because his actual average fantasy points per game were 3.2. That's nowhere near these other guys. These top guys are averaging 3.6 to 4. Okay? That's how... Those are the top guys. Like, Santana on a game-to-game basis isn't giving you more than Muncie. Muncie averaged 3.3. So, Jorickson Profar averaged 3.3. I like Jorickson Profar. I like Profar, too. Like... These guys average more than Santana, but he ended up higher on the totem pole in total points because he played so much. Why, why do you guys like Profar so much? Profar does a lot. To, I'm trying to figure out why everyone likes him. Profar does a lot of different things well. Because to me, it's, he it's hit 20 home runs and stole 10 bases last year in a great ballpark yeah. in Texas. Now moves over to Oakland. It's a prospect pedigree. He, he could still bags, right? That's what it yeah, is. But he go, yeah, but he, he walks. He goes from one of the best hitting ballparks in baseball, you. Greg, yeah, yeah, to I, Oakland. I hear you. I, I'm telling, I'm telling I'm, you. Ask, you asked me why. I'm not really buying in on the Profar thing. A lot of people are like in on Profar. I'm not really one of them. I would take I, him I like at a value. I like him more in points leagues because he makes a lot of contact. He doesn't strike out. Uh, he has pretty good play discipline. Does a little bit of everything. But in Roto, it's like, what are you expecting? 
He, he gives seven, 260, 270. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He'll give you 18 a, home runs, 10 stolen bases. So he'll give you above average in every category, basically. <sighs> above average, right? Like 18 home runs is just. I mean, but you got to like do it other you. things. Yeah, First of all, he's only 25 years old. He's going to be 26. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Very falling for it again, Greg. Oh, no, I just, of course I, you I are. too much at the numbers, Wait, it's his birthday. Man. Today's his birthday. Hey. Happy birthday. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Jerickson Profile. Happy birthday, Jerickson. Turn 25. How there you that? go. Go out and draft him. So he's still... He just turned 26. No, 25. One, one year older. No, I got a... Oh, 26? 26. 1993. So he's getting to his prime. <laughs> Now's the time to Now's buy the in. T- Now's the time. <laughs> I mean, listen. The 30, projection systems have him at between 256 and 259 average. Okay. They have him at between 16 and 19 homers and between 8 and 11 stolen bases. What does that do? But, he, but there's the other numbers 54 walks in, in, in 520 play uh, at bats. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Jerickson Profar doesn't do 35 doubles. I get the prospect pedigree and stuff. He could do, a, he could do more. If you guys want him, that's fine. But. He look, Greg. I'm sorry. I, I got to overrule you here. He will not be on our auction team. Listen, I know he was last year. That's because we picked him up. I, I wouldn't take him as a starter. Take him as a backup and hope for the best. It's a great backup yeah, guy. I mean, to have. He has multi-position eligibility. You can right. Use him as your corner great infielder, backup. your middle infielder, utility. That's in fine. Like, yeah. I, don't, I just don't want him as like my starting first, no, no, third or shortstop no. player. No. I don't want him as either. That's as bad. Then yeah, you don't want to do that unless you're in a really deep league. But Ventura. Yeah. What about Joey Gallo here? You know, Joey Gallo is an interesting <laughs> well, you, you want to talk about three true outcomes. Yeah. Joey Gallo is about as close to three true outcomes as you could possibly get. I mean, yeah. over the past two years, he has 80, 81 homers over the past years. That's fourth most in baseball. He also has a 36% hard hit rate. That's the second highest in baseball. Um, a 36% strikeout rate. That's sec- second highest in baseball. 47% hard hit rate over the past two years. Walks a lot. The most. 51% fly ball rate. The most, we talk about the 40-40 club. We want 40% hard hit rate, yep. 40% fly ball rate. Yep. He's nearly the 50-50 club, Greg. So <laughs> this guy's going to hit fly balls. He's going to hit what's, what's that average going to be? Yeah, that's Sub-210. Just wondering. Here, here, that's terrible. Here's what I'm looking at, though. Greg. That's absolutely terrible. Here's what I'm looking at. First half, brace yourself. Okay. 187 batting. <laughs> 739 OPS. Second half, 239 batting average. Bumped it. 932 OPS. Still struck out 35% of the times, but hit the ball even harder. <laughs> this is why you don't want 52% him. 52% hard hit rate. Dude, if he can maintain a top... If he can maintain a 230-240 batting average instead of the sub-210 that he's been, 230 or 240 over the course of a full season, he's a top 50 hitter. He's legitimately a top <laughs> in 50 Roto? hitter. In Roto? In Roto. Because in points leagues, here's the problem with him. This is a guy written... with. Written with cons- inconsistency all over his face. He's Adam Dunn. He's also going to have a short leash. He's not Adam Dunn because Adam Dunn he, what, was like a two forty short leash. Oh, he has a short leash. Th- this is why he's going to have a short leash. So I'm saying, if he bats, they're talking about giving him an extension. So yeah, they Adam, want. She's not sure. Right, but what I'm saying is that, like, okay, you're hitting two back to back years, two oh nine and two oh six. If you hit <laughs> one seventy five for a month and that goes on for a while, they might end up platooning or benching the guy. You can't hit sub-200 for that long. And, and if he is hitting sub-200, he's is, probably not hitting with consistent power either. Do the Texas Rangers have enough talent to, like, have that luxury, you know? Sure. Do they? I, I mean, don't they're know. trying to find ways to get, like, Willie Calhoun in the lineup right now. I realize that. but I just, I just don't, I don't like these guys <laughs> in a points league. where I'm playing a weekly points league. Like, yeah. he could go two weeks and disappear. I, I can't have that. There's an interesting, like, 
conversation going on right now on fantasy baseball Twitter revolving yep. around Joey Gallo. If I'll pull up some of the stuff for you, Greg, how do you feel about Joey Gallo? Do you ever own him? No. Like no, in, in Roto, you need to have the perfect construction to never. have him on your team. I will never. You own need Joey to have Gallo. like Daniel yeah, Murphy. He's so one dimensional. Because if you draft him, he's gonna he's gonna sink your batting average. Frank, unless you think that he can be that two thirty two forty hitter that he was in the second half last year over the course of the full season. If he does that, then he's a top fifty hitter in Roto. Sure, never having Joey Gallo on my team. You're only you. Where you're getting him, there's no other players that are going to give you 40 home runs. He's hanging on by a thread. He's hanging on to his 40 homers. If he hits 30 homers and does the same thing, he's out of the league. Venture really. He's out of the league. This is Chris Carter. He's Italian. He's Joey Gallo. That's how you know. doesn't like him. That's how you know. He's not out of the league, but his value gets sapped if he goes from 40 to 30. Exactly. Completely sapped. And he's like Chris Carter, dude. This is Chris Carter, except he walks more. You mentioned Carlos Santana briefly. You have him in a tier with your guys, Luke Voigt, Tyler White. What makes you like them so much? These are Roto rankings that I, that I typically use. Uh, Carlos Santana, look, for Roto, he, there's no player who takes a bigger hit in terms of from points to Roto. Correct. You only want him in points. I don't, I don't even want him in Roto. Yeah. Because he's going to give you 250 with 22 to 25 homers. And the Indians lineup is not like, you know, it's not as good as it has been. It's not the same. Yeah. Jose Ramirez, that's Lindor. The back Hopefully bad. once he's healthy. And you got a bunch of question marks like Jake Bowers and... I like uh, Bowers, though. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, he does walk a lot. There you go. You like <laughs> you like your guys that walk a lot. But oh, he's a good prospect. There's Jake Bowers and like the outfield is Greg Allen and yeah, uh, it's bad. And Leonis Martinez. So look, it's not really a great lineup. Luke Voigt and Tyler White. Those are the guys that you know. Once once we get past Gallo and Carnacion, Muncy, I have Gallo and Carnacion and Muncy in their own tier because to to me those guys are like you know sub two fifty hitters that have power potential. To me, like that's basically that tier. And then next up is like once I miss out on those guys, it's I think Luke Voigt has the potential to do something like Jesus Aguilar did last year. His downside is I think the Yankees still kind of want to play Greg Bird a little bit, so you worry a little bit about playing time with Luke Voigt. Same thing with Tyler White. You worry a little bit about about playing time, but White is a guy who has performed admirably at the minor league level the past couple of years. We're talking, you know, two eighty plus batting average, twenty five home runs. When he was given an opportunity last year with the Astros. He played well. So mm-hmm. if he's the everyday DH in the Astros lineup, and he can hit, you know, 270, 280 with 20 home runs, I think some counting stats will be there because it's a good lineup. This guy had a chance before, though, in 2016. Yeah, he didn't capitalize. He got hot, I think, at first, and then cooled down tremendously. He didn't capitalize on that. Yeah. He's projected to start at DH right now. They have some other names there in the Astros. Uh, you know, they have, like, Tony Kemp, and they have Jake Marisnik, so... You know, if they want to give Brandy a DH day, like that's gonna, you know, that's gonna end up interfering with Tyler White's playing time. Yeah, I'll I give you, that. I'll give you one more guy in this tier. I think Josh Bell. Well, no, Bell. I, mean, I already he's said a, he's in. A, he's already in that even tier. higher yeah. tier. He's on the top of that tier, I think. Um, but Justin Smoke. Justin Smoke is a guy that I'm looking at too. I've, he's slowly been creeping up. I yeah. moved him up. He's a good. I have him up to number 19. I think you could count on him for certain things at this point. You know you what? Know, I think he's. You, you convinced me, and you didn't even say anything. I'm gonna, move, <laughs> I'm gonna move him over Carlos Santana just because in Roto, Carlos in Roto, Santana in Roto, fine, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Justin Smoke, we're talking about a guy here who now here's a guy, <laughs> little, little Collinsworth action for you. He's going outside the top 280p. Yeah, he's free. He's going around Trey Mancini and he's, boom, boom. He's boom, going around boom. Jose Martinez who doesn't even have a job. He's on the Cardinals, but he's not gonna play. He's uh, he's not Justin yet. Smoke. He's going 230. Yeah, he's, he's going to sink your batting average a little bit. He'll hit. But he could hit 38 homers. He did yeah, it two that, years that's ago. That's the thing. We've seen the upside. Yeah. He's going to hit 240 to 250, but 
he does, I do think, have 30-plus home run upside. Especially when Vlad Guerrero comes into the lineup. Yeah, so this is really that tier where, you know, once you get past Muncie and Encarnacion, it's like you find your upside guys who you like, who you think, you know, that you get later on that, you know, you're basically getting for cheap who you think can pay off. Tyler mm-hmm. White is one of those guys for me. I also like Luke Voigt. I kind of agree on, on Justin Smoke. Mm-hmm. He hits in a great division, too. Sure. Toronto's a good ballpark. He's going to go to Yankee Stadium. He's going to go to these Fenway, guy, Camden. These kind of guys, I think, all really fit the corner infielder profile. Yeah. Like guys that you're going to take a shot Prototypical. on. Take a shot, take a shot on late. A guy like Tyler White that could break out. A guy like Justin Smoke that's going to give you the numbers that you need to round out your team and round out your statistics. I think they fit well in there, Frank. Yeah. They do. How about this, Greg? We've done two hours on first baseman. Yeah. We didn't even mention Miguel Cabrera. Is that a mistake? Is that a mistake? No. No. He drops out of that. I know tier. a lot of people. So hard to trust. I know a lot of people are backing right back into Miguel Cabrera. I understand why. He He's could give you like things. the one seventy range in ADP. He could give you average and stuff like that, maybe. Yeah. But he's not going to do too much else. A guy I will say to look out for, Pete Alonso. I think in the yeah. long term, this guy later in the year could really help teams. The guy is absolute beast. In Another my name similar to that, Nathaniel Lowe of Tampa Bay. D-Man Choi's not cutting it. Lowe's going to be up. Serious power upside. Nice thanks, thanks, Venture, for hanging out with us. For Chris Venture and Frank Stample, I'm Greg Sussman. Second base tomorrow. We hope. hope.